Hey everybody, before we get started on today's episode, I want to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast these days with everything you need you know, all in one place. Let me explain how it works. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer or, or iPad or anything like that. Uh, when hosting an on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. To get started, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, from the Diamond to the Dugout, it's the Twins Nation Podcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's your host. Welcome to the Twins Nation podcast. This is Joe Gunderson. Tonight I'm joined with Brother Daniel. How's it going, bud? Going good, man. It's been a minute since I've had the opportunity to sit down and talk with you, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk Twins baseball. Yeah, and we can actually say that still. I love it. Oh. We're, uh, we're uh, four, and a half, four games up in the, in the uh, division there still in first place. Above the late socks there, so that's always good. And uh, um, sitting at what was sitting at a twenty-four, twenty-four and sixteen record. I think it's twenty-five, 25. and sixteen. Yeah, after Sunday's. Uh, that's correct. Comeback victory. In fact, I I didn't look in the right spot. There it is, twenty-five and sixteen, and uh, uh, coming off of. Uh, they a pretty impressive uh, comeback yesterday against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, it was the latest game that they played. Uh, they were, I don't know how if you caught it, Daniel, but they were down six nothing yesterday and came back and stormed back and won it <laughs> and uh, scored uh, seven runs in the last two their last two times at the plate uh, yesterday. It was, uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I love it. So. Yeah. I caught a little bit of that game. Um, and I know we'll touch on it uh, as we go through our kind of recap of the week that was. Um, yeah. But that was a, a – it was an impressive win, to say the least. And uh, I think it was a big – what do you think? Maybe confidence booster. But I, I don't want to bury the lead. But, yeah, no, I, I did get a chance to, to see a little bit of that and – I know we'll talk about, but yeah, it was pretty good. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, let's go through this past week. They uh, had a had a good week. Uh, they uh, they first they they faced um, 
I should know this. Sorry. The uh, I can't believe this. I'm sorry. Well, we going back to to last week. They would have faced uh, what? Oakland or Cleveland? Oakland, of course. I'm I'm smart. <laughs> Brain farts. Uh, yeah. So they 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 were in Oakland uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and um, and uh, they uh, took two out of three against them, uh, and. Uh, I'd say my takeaway was uh, that was the uh, Gary Sanchez uh, series. Uh, he uh, he got uh, red hot this week and uh, and uh, hit like he had a couple of homers and um, and just I think he had like multi hit games. I think maybe every day um, that series. Was, yeah, was I mean, really, get- really nice. Really solid. Yeah. I mean, they started this out on Monday, you know, Oakland's bit is in large part the, they can't hit, right. They have just had a scoring run. Um, But the twins haven't been, you know, the most consistent offensive team either. And and there was a lot of games that they were winning, you know, two to one, three to one. And I thought I heard a stat the other day where the twins uh, might've been after, I don't know, the Saturday game or the Sunday game, the twins or something like have the most two run wins in the majors this year where they've won like seven games where they've either scored two runs or, or less. Like it's, it's a weird stat. And I I feel like it was after the twins post game, it was either three or less. I think that's what the bit is, which they ended up winning uh, a couple of back-to-back games, three to one, uh, even before that Oakland game, they beat Cleveland three to one, but Gary Sanchez, Joe, as you said, started heating up. Uh, opened up the series with uh, two hits and an RBI. And then in the loss that Minnesota had, the only loss that they've had in this last week, he had one hit, uh, but he also had another RBI in that plate appearance. And then the big one, the 14-1 to win, uh, Gary Sanchez came out there, had two hits, three RBIs. And like you said, really started to see the ball well. Ended after you know that first game against Oakland with a 217 batting average, and by the end of the series, his batting average is up to 230. And starting to see him hit the ball a little bit more is big because they they have him hitting DH most of the time. I mean, he'll catch every once in a while, but in this series, Joe, he two out of the three games he was the DH, so he's going to hit basically every day for him. That's kind of their goal for him, and yeah. to see him driving run. I think is most important for him more than anything and doing it in ways that aren't always base hits, right? Because he's been getting some sack flies a lot lately as well. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. They've been, uh, they haven't been really reliant on the home run this week at all. Um, been nice to see that they can play some small ball because they went uh, quite a while there this week without hitting home runs. Um, which, you know, the last few years has kind of been their calling card is that they could hit home runs, but, um, which growing up as a Twins fan, that's still weird for me to say, because I'm used to a team that <laughs> was usually last in the, in the league in home runs. As oh, right. As a kid. <laughs> right. But, but uh, it is the trend. So. Right. Not the case this year. And it is the trend of, of major league baseball 
that we are seeing across the sport. Yeah. The homers are down. The runs are down. And this is like a Minnesota Twins ball club of old. And this is what we saw even leading into the Oakland series. Those 14 runs, by the way, that they scored in the third and final game of the series. Um, you know, just looking at the box score. Nobody I don't even think they a home run in that game. No. Nope, nope. But a bunch of doubles, right? Gary Sanchez, Luisa Rice had two, Carlos Correa, Ryan Jeffers. I mean, yep. that to me, this is why you got to have a little bit of faith, right, in the team being able to have some success long-term because they're driving in runs differently, and that's what we saw in the third game of the series when they scored those 14 runs. A lot of doubles in driving in those runs against an Oakland A's team, which I know they talked about this on the broadcast, Joe. This is a, this, that's a place where the Twins have just not had a lot of success in years past is in the Coliseum. Um, good to see them take care of business in that, you know, against Oakland, take five out of six of them for the season series even. Yeah. The only shame is they don't, they don't get to play them the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, but uh, sorry, Oakland fans, but you know it. <laughs> it's going to be a long year for you. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, your front office doesn't care. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, they are. They're, they seem to be just biding their time until they, they can leave town, that, that, that franchise, because um, the city's not helping them get a ballpark, and and uh, the one they have is pizza junk. They have more wildlife than they have fans in there. Do you, do you see that uh, Dick Bramer almost got attacked by a possum this week? I did see that. Uh... <laughs> A little, a little unfortunate for Dickie B. Um, guy, uh, I know he's a big tweeter. Always the left hand toast to somebody. Uh, yep. yep, exactly. So, uh, I wonder if he put a left hand to- toast out there to the possum while he was in the Coliseum. <laughs> I, I know. I don't see that. Maybe more likely to whoever, whoever. Uh, Got rid of said possum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's got to be a jarring experience when you're getting set up and ready for uh, <laughs> ready for a broadcast, and all of a sudden this wild creature is all up in your business. Uh, got to throw you off a little bit. Yeah. You don't know just what exactly it's capable of. That. Yeah. I can't imagine that was, that was good. So, uh, some other things I was looking at here. Um, they pitched pretty decent in that series. Um, first game Monday, Archer went four innings and gave up a run on 62 pitches. Um, kind of like the similar to the start he had tonight. That while well, we're talking, it's Monday, and uh, he started tonight and uh, basically kind of did the same thing. Um, he seems to – they don't seem to let trust him to go more than four innings right now. I mean, which is probably because he had a really short – you know, he didn't sign with the Twins uh, till what, a week to go in the spring training? Right. And so he may – maybe he's still building up his arm. 
And well, uh, then he throws a lot of pitches. Yeah, and that's, I think, more to the point, Joe. I, and I knew you were getting there. The strikes are kind of what they need to see more of. So, you know, for example, he threw 62 pitches in his start, 37 of which were strikes, right? So just over 50% of his ball, you know, the pitches he's throwing are strikes. He had two walks in the game. If we bring it forward to tonight, you know, he had uh, a little better ball to strike ratio. He threw 72 pitches, 46 strikes, still had two walks, gave up three hits, one earned run. Um, and really we're feeling like they could rely a little bit more on the bullpen uh, tonight. Uh, so far, as we talk in live mm-hmm. time, and people are going to hear this later, bullpens let him down a little yeah. bit. Uh, Griffin, Griffin Jacks gave up a couple runs, and the shocker of all shockers, Joe Smith, <laughs> finally gave up a run. Now, oh, we, can, we can give him a pass because he gave it up to future Hall of Famer Miguel Cabrera. Right. But uh, even so, I think that's kind of the plan when you go into these twins games with a Chris Archer start, the expectation should be that Chris Archer is going to be relieved. And the pen in this Oakland start did a really good job for him. Um, and it actually was uh, Yanir Cano who came in, uh, did a really good job uh, getting some outs in two innings. He ended up with the win. Griffin Jackson's up at the hold. Great start through two innings or great uh, hold through two innings. And then Tyler Duffy with his first save of the year. Um, that should be the expectation. Now it works better when you're going up against a team like the o- Oakland Athletics, who are hitting like a combined like 186 or something as a team. I think they have the lowest batting average in in all of Major League Baseball. But a win's a win, right? And however you get to it, um, and like you said, if we go a little bit further with the pitching, Dylan Bundy through the next day, so he only threw three innings with Josh Winder, Winder, pardon me, coming in and uh throwing three and two thirds and he had it he did have a bad day and ended up on the il uh shortly thereafter which uh i know we'll talk health but his he got knocked around five runs that day ended up on the il uh not great and then sunny gray uh i mean let's end on a positive sunny gray looked really good um in the series finale for minnesota going what six in uh six full innings giving up two runs five strikeouts no walks uh so for win Yep, 84 pitches uh, coming off the IL there as well. So, I overall, if you were to give the pitching kind of you know a grade, I would say B. You know, we'd like to see those stay off the injury list for the most part, but uh, you know, Duran came in through very well. Stashik looked really good in his one inning, gave up in a run, but still looked strong. Um, to me, I would say yeah, why not give it a, a B. Uh, with the the nice thing to see there is what Griffin Jacks did. I would say what Sonny Gray did, and of course Duran, what he does all the time as well. Um, yeah, but to me, yeah, I think it's a good point to bring out the pitching and, and what we saw specifically from Sonny Gray. Yep, yep, I agree. I was gonna. That is correct. So then, so they like we said, we took uh, they took two or three in Oakland, and they moved on to Kansas City this past weekend and uh, swept them. Um, they won six to four. Devin Smeltzer made a spot start. Um, went five and a third innings and just gave up one run. Um, and uh, I highlighted here that um, Miranda and Celestino got a couple hits in that game. Um, 
and uh, they won six to four. Um, and then immediately after the game, poor Devin was sent back to AAA. <laughs> um, right. They they were able to activate uh, Bailey Ober from the uh, the injured list to make his start on Saturday. Um, and uh, and then as you alluded to also on Saturday, uh, Josh Winder was diagnosed with a shoulder impingement, so he's on the injured list now. And uh, Trevor McGill, um, who uh, I confess I had not heard of, uh, he actually pitched on Sunday, but uh, he, uh, that's a couple of the things we'll, we'll get into as far as um, roster changes. Um, and I believe I heard this note that uh, Twins have now used 42 players this season okay which means they've gone through their whole 40-man roster plus two (laughs) yeah (laughs) well and it's it's not even june yet that's i I think they've been they've been a match unit yeah and i think it brings up a good point because it's not it's not just them right it is it's kind of everybody this year the team they're playing tonight the detroit tigers um, I think there's only one player either in their starting rotation or even roster with some ridiculous stat. I think it's starting rotation that hasn't hit the IL this year for them. I mean, hmm. they, they have been bitten bad by the injury bug, which causes a lot of inconsistency because you have so many players coming up and you have a lot of guys you're just not sure of that are going to fill in for you. The Minnesota Twins, Joe, and I, mm-hmm. we did skip over, but I think what you brought up does allow itself to kind of get into Carlos Correa and Royce yeah. Lewis and them crossing paths, paths as the opportunity for Correa to come off the IL happened while Minnesota was in Oakland. Yep. And Royce Lewis has a solid game, right, in the uh, second game of the series and then is sent down to AAA. Yes. Um, Let's you know that, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that may be a good place to start. Maybe I'll, I'll ask you, like it or hate it? Well, uh, I don't like it, but I understand it. Let's put it that way. Because, you know, he's pretty much, only, I think he's only played shortstop this year in the minors. and Except now that he's been sent down, they started to rotate him around the field, um, which I'm guessing means that we might be seeing him shortly again. Um, and you knew we, I mean, you knew it was a possibility when you brought, when, uh, Correa was back because he's the starting shortstop, you know, he makes $35 million for a reason. Um, right. And he is. So, um, and, um, I guess I kind of like that they've done – the one thing I do kind of like is, you know, now that they've sent him down and they're seems like they're moving him around positions, um, that they're getting him prepared to do that in the minors instead of the majors only because I don't want him to uh, be – I want him to be familiar with uh, positions as much as he can be 
so he doesn't cost us games. Um, defensively, you know, I, I'm worried it still could happen, but if he's more familiar with whatever position they might put him in, then um, um, that that can only help, I think. Um, I know some media people think the opposite of me, like, why can't he do that while he's on the major league roster? Mm-hmm. I get that, but I don't know. I, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're right. I don't know. But he also, it's how hard, even though he's not hitting as great, but a little bit hard to uh, just say we'll move him to third to uh, start over uh, Gio Urshela and Urshela. Um, he's come up big this week offensively in a couple of spots. And uh, um, that defense that he's played this year, um, it's been a long time, if if ever, that I've seen a Twins third baseman ever play this well. Right? I mean, I, I, I'm I old enough to remember Gary Gay, but not that well. I was a young kid when he was around, so I've seen replays, but yep. um, he, and he was, he might have been, he's probably the best third baseman um, that's played for the Twins in my life. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't see enough of him to know if he's this good on defense. This guy, this Urshela, he's throwing guys from his butt. He's throwing out guys from his butt across the diamond, uh, doing the across the foul line, fadeaway throw across the diamond. It's He's great. At defense. He is. He is. And, and you've said a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, that you, you got to kind of unpack here. But I, I think the best thing that you brought up is you want him, if they're going to put him in a position that he's going to play different spots around the diamond, right? You want him to do that in an environment that's not going to cost the major league ball club games. And if you have an opportunity for him to experience different positions defensively, you do it in a low intense or a low leverage uh, environment, right? That's my feeling. Yeah. Yeah. He can hit. I think what we found out is the guy can hit, right? And yep. yeah. if you just if you just say, "Hey, look, we're going to give you reps at third, or we're going to give you reps in right, or we're going to give you reps at where at first, wherever it may be," mm-hmm. you know, the focus on that. But like, you're you're going to hit. You you feel confident confident and comfortable enough you can hit at the major league level, because Joe, you're right. Like right now, what's happened is that I, I think what we found out is Jose Miranda is not in the same hitting scenario or situation that Royce Lewis is because that was the first guy I've heard is like, well, I'd not send Miranda down and keep Lewis up. Yeah. I mean, you could, here's the problem. Here's the problem is that he's platooning right now. Yeah. He hits against lefties Arise hits against righties. And even so like Arise will still play against some righties or pardon me, lefties Mm -hmm. because they need his bat in the lineup. Yep. With Miranda, you're going, all right, we're just, we got to make sure he's getting, He's getting playing time and first base is the, the, the most comfortable we feel, but we're not going to have him play third base because Urshela is so solid at defense. Uh, Miranda's not going to be a guy that's going to play in outfield. The other part of it, too, is Larnick is back and he's getting held. Garlic is back and he's getting, so they've got the outfield there. Nick Gordon and Celestino are doing just fine as athletes and they can play center field. So you're starting to see where, okay, so the, the, the path for Lewis to come back is probably in that first base scenario, or he can play first or third and you give Urshela a break when Royce can't play, or he can play short. You know, there's other where, but he's got to be more of that platoon guy. 
And in order for him to be that, you have to get him comfortable in other positions and you've got to start him somewhere. And I know that that frustrates fans. I know that does because he did so well while he was up here in such a small kind of sample size. Exactly. But you can't, yeah. you can't put him in a position that he's going to fail, especially defensively. You've got to keep things clear for him. And he just hasn't had a lot of reps at any position because he's been out the last two years. Yeah. You know? I mean, he, uh, does, he did, like when he was healthy two years ago, he, was, he did have time in like center field. So – I mean, that's another place, you know, when Byron needs a day, like, um, I guess you weren't, you weren't able to join us when that came out, what the twins plan is with him. Um, and everybody freaked out about that. The um, hundred, well, I did read about him playing just a hundred games, right? That's what everybody thinks, but really what I think they're trying to say is they want him to, that's where they want to get him to a hundred games. That doesn't mean that, oh, he's at a hundred, shut him down. Right. But I think a lot of people might have read it that way. I'm like, no, that's not what they mean. <laughs> no, and just just as a sidebar to that, Joe, because I read that, you're a little fandom coming out of me, but I'm a huge Toronto Raptors fan. And the year that they signed Kawhi Leonard, yeah, um, that was the goal. They said, okay, we need this guy to be our horse when it comes to the postseason. You know, we could win 50 plus games in the regular season and, and Kawhi Leonard could be a part of a majority of those. But if we manage this thing, right, the team is good enough that we're going to get into the postseason. And I think that's how the twins have to approach it with Byron Bucks. I know people want to freak out. Baseball is entirely different than basketball. So it's not the best, I would say comparison, but would you rather have a Buxton that doesn't have a 140 game wear and tear on him and is exposing himself more often to injuries, soft tissue injuries that aren't going to heal as quickly. Or would you rather say, Hey, it appears that things are going well for us. Celestino can hit Nick Gordon is an athlete. He can be out there. Even if Royce Lewis at some point becomes a center fielder that they use, they have got other guys that can supplement Buxton and his bat will be there in the postseason. Like that's what you would rather have or in, you know, different high level situations. I think where some of that frustration comes from too, is where you saw Buxton was available on the bench to hit in some different scenarios, late in games and Baldelli refused to use him. Yeah. And that, that that part does confuse me a little bit, but then I've had, I've heard explanations a little bit about that. Like, um, you know, what it takes to get warmed up um, even to do just a pinch hitting appearance. Maybe they don't want him to have to go through all that. Yeah. You know, that's, especially when you're tight, you know, they say he's available to hit, but you know, it's really in like bases loaded, two outs, bottom of the ninth type of scenario. Not, you know, runner on second, two outs were down by one run in the seventh type of scenario. I, I would assume that's maybe what they're thinking. I, and again, I'm probably putting words in the mouth and I know it's, it's somewhat off track, but it's, but back to the, to the, the larger point at hand here is that sending Royce Lewis down in the middle of this week, I know it was met with a little bit of disgruntled fans, but let's remember the twins are now, they, they put in Carlos Correa, right? Yeah. It's not like they went from Royce Lewis to, I don't know, name your short. It's not like they went from Royce Lewis to uh, Simmons and right. Simmons, right? Uh, they, no, they didn't. They, this is a, this is an upgrade. Ladies and gentlemen, Carlos Correa came back uh, hitting against Oakland and uh, I know he hit against Kansas City as well in this series. So 
just to have him come back and and that's the guy that you replace him with, that's okay. We'll be okay. Yeah. The Minnesota Twins are in a pretty decent scenario right now where they know that their shorts up in the future. They're like, oh my goodness, this he's gonna be a stud. And also the guy that is the right now shortstop is a stud. So you're going to be okay. And if you give Royce Lewis a little bit more time to cook, right? Give him a little bit more time to be seasoned. It'll all be okay. It'll all be okay. And I I think that's, it's really tough when you're winning games the way that they are. And you see the offense not performing the way that you would like it to be. And this guy is kind of the instant offense and he's, he's awesome. And well-liked in the clubhouse, really tough to be like, ah, okay, um, sorry, we got to send you down. It'll be all right. And the Twins twins did just fine this week without him, with Correa at shortstop. And then, of course, I believe they threw what, threw had Nick Gordon at shortstop for the uh, series finale, who had two hits of his own, <laughs> by the way. So it was, a, it was a good series for the Twins and a good series for them offensively to get the hits that they needed um, yeah. and get that offense kind of going against KC. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, in that, um, I mean, one guy that um, was a big part of that, um, besides the guys we've already talked about, uh, Luis Arise has continued to be a hitting machine. Um, yes. I don't know if you heard this story, but uh, I believe going into, was it? I'm trying to remember when Dick Bramer told this story. He had he had uh, talked to. Uh, I think he had gotten a text from Rod Carew, which right there that blew my mind. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, and he told Dick to tell Arise that he's standing too upright in the batter's box because I guess he'd been scuffing a little bit, and so uh, Dick relayed the message and. He's hitting like 600. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Some I don't know. I might be exaggerating a little bit, but it, he's he, he's been very very on fire since. So then. yes, he's the Hall of Famers. <laughs> well, I would too, right? Like, why wouldn't you? So <laughs> yep. if we just look at Luis Arise's series um, against Kansas City, first night he came in as a pinch hitter, kind of a different leverage situation. DH for Kyle Garlic. Um, no hits uh, in three plate appearances. The next day, uh, he had two hits and three at bats uh, and two walks, scored three runs, drove in two runs, and that was in game two against Casey, which the Twins won 92. Uh, and then in the come from behind win in the series finale, guy goes three for five with a run and no RBIs. The strikeout was controversial. I'm fairly certain that curveball was high in the zone. When he struck out with the eighth inning. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. But the guy has been, like you said, on fire. And now even tonight, Joe, as they continue to go through and play against Detroit, he is one for one with a run, but he has two walks in in his other two appearances. Like the guy is so good and so much fun to watch for someone like me because I may have been a little bit on the outside, but – when the balls were flying around Target Field, it almost felt somewhat dirty. Like, yeah, this is fun. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. But there was also like, yeah, should I be loving this? Like, is this sustainable? There's a lot of strikeouts, a lot of just like home run strikeout walk. Like, that's – I love 
Luis Rice, favorite player on the team. And I have no problem admitting that because the guy is so much fun to watch at the plate. He's tough to get out. He is the most frustrating hitter on that roster because how do you get him out? You can't strike him out. He's got to hit the ball to get out. He puts it in play. He's quick. He's fun. He gets death. I mean, right. He is just just one of the most entertaining guys. And we're seeing it in a different way now because he's not getting lost, right? If it was a, you know, you think about if this team was a home run hitting team, he's just a slap hitter and he just kind of falls by the wayside. But with the way that the offense is going now in major league baseball, he is standing out so much more because it's, he gets on base. He hits for average he can steal a couple bases, score and runs. He's driving. He's just doing all the little things yeah. from a batting standpoint that make him so much more valuable when teams aren't bombing 50 homers a month, right? And that's yeah. what makes him so entertaining that his game, it's going to be good whether you're hitting homers and it's going to be great when you're not. And he's been so much fun to watch for me and I, and I think for a lot of Twins Nation as well. And, and again, had a really good series against KC, like you said. Yeah. Plus, isn't he the most, maybe the most fun player to watch take a pitch? <laughs> right. He, whenever he he knows it's a ball, he's always shaking his head. <laughs> right. He's got that Juan Soto type thing in him. You know, Juan Soto yeah. will kind of stare at the pitcher, do a little bit of a drag, and they both obviously hit left-handed, have that kind of similar stance, a little crouch in them. Um, that's okay, though. Have confidence, young man. Yeah. Um, you know, swell up. Yeah, and like you were, you know, you said, you know, he had a, he got called um, out on Sunday on a controversial uh, strike three, and as someone, or as someone, I think it might have been Latroy Hawkins, um, said, if Luis didn't think it was a strike, it's not a strike. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, if you look at the replay, that that umpire yesterday, I don't know what game he was watching he well he was yeah. missing pitches a lot i mean and he was mitch he was missing them for both teams because i know i know but i think i think duran had one where even hawkins like that's not a strike and he did yeah, yeah. there was some tough in, in the umpires that's if it happens both ways i'm a little less inclined to be upset about things now had the twins not come back to win on sunday uh that would have been a lot tougher to stomach because you're like all right that changes the count now he's got another opportunity to hit the ball. This guy is obviously struggling. How are we going to go about it? But the guys that you're paying, your veterans, the dudes that you expect to come through in the clutch came through on Sunday and Jorge Polanco and then yeah. Max Kepler setting up the opportunity for Sanchez and Urshela to get yeah. this uh, a big win and kind of bringing it full circle. Joe, like you said, he started off with Sanchez. Urshela starting to hit a little bit more. How about Polanco? And even more impressively lately has been Max Kepler. And Max oh. Kepler's been doing so well lately. Did you see he made history tonight? Um, twins uh, hit their 1,000th uh, home uh, – the 1,000th uh, home run in the history of Target Field was hit tonight. Okay. It was Max Kepler, and he hit, he hit a grand slam to do it. So I didn't know that was the 1,000th home run in the history of Target Field. But I did see, obviously, that he uh, he did get the grand slam at the top of the, or the bottom of the first, um, and hopefully gets a chance to maybe do something a little bit more impressive as that game's getting into the bottom of the eighth, tied at four. Um, 
but there, but there again, like Max Kepler, dude, he's, you know, looking back at the start of the series against uh, Kansas City, if I can pull up the batting, you know, he had, how did he do here? He went uh, one for, pardon me, he didn't have a hit, but he ended up having a walk and a run in three plate appearances. The next day, uh, an RBI, a walk, a run, he had the hit, and then yesterday, two for four with an RBI. It's the walks, though. That, to me, is where you know Max Kepler is in a zone. It's two things, right? Last year, he didn't get a lot of walks, and it felt like he was pushing so hard. He wasn't driving the ball to the opposite field. Naturally, a pull hitter, and we understand that. But when he starts driving the ball to the opposite field. When he's willing to go to the opposite field, that's the other thing I think you were probably getting to. Yep. uh, That's when we know he's – He's in his own. He's when he's willing to do that or able to do that, because that's what was getting so frustrating the last couple of years is all those ground balls to second base, and uh, you know, I'm sure he was more frustrated than anybody about it. But the fact but, that he's doing that is that he's hitting to left field or left center. I I like it. This team is going to have to go through right the scenarios of other guys like. Boxing carried him for what, like the first three weeks of the season, and now Buck's going through a bit of a slump, right? Yeah. And you, you got you got to have other guys come in and step up. So Arise, I think, will always be able to hit. But now you got Correa, who's up to his average to two seventy, right? And he's getting a hit a game. You got and batting averages and everything. We know that, and it, you know the OPS, the slugging percentage, those are huge. But we tend to lean on batting average because that's the stat that everybody's familiar with, and. and that's the stat that is always on the back of the baseball card. Nobody ever talked about OPS until the last decade plus in terms of how important and valuable that was. Mm-hmm. But you're starting to see Correa. You're starting to see Kepler. You're starting to see Polanco hit the ball a little bit more with authority, more confidence. And now you're starting to see this balance in the lineup, which yeah. is so desperately needed. And I, I, you fully expect Buck will be back there, right? You fully expect for him to get back into a place where he is – He's a feared hitter. He's just fighting it right now. He's fighting yeah. it. And, you know, if that's inconsistent playing time, if that's just whatever it is, baseball's a tough sport, right? And, yep. <laughs> you know, when, when Buck's on fire, he's he's probably one of the top three ball players in all of baseball. But, you know, when you fight it, you fight it. And everybody goes through it. He's going through it right now. But at least the rest of the lineup isn't going through in it, and that's what's important. You just yeah. got to be able to say, all right, next man up, how are we going to hit? And Buck can be carried a little bit. Yeah, just to highlight that, uh, going into tonight, his last seven days, Buck's two for his last 20. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, yeah, he is fighting it quite a bit. and uh, But like you said, the rest of the lineup seems like they're covering for him. Um, you know, they're stepping up their game while he figures out what what whatever he needs to figure out to get back on track there. Um, yep. I wonder, I kind of wonder maybe if he's, be, because he can hit home runs, if maybe he's, if maybe he's trying to jack everything. I don't know. Um, right. Is he, is he in an uppercut slump? Like, you know, that's the thing that they'll kind of figure out, obviously in the back and like, what are we doing? With the swing, are we breaking it down properly? Is he trying to uppercut too much? Is he trying to, you know, where is he missing? Is there a hitch? Is he battling through some nagging injury right now that's causing, you know, who knows what's going on, right? Um, They'll figure it out. But, yeah. 
but yeah. So, um, in contrast, uh, we've covered it, but we'll we'll give you guys a little bit more on Sanchez and Arise in their last seven days. Uh, Sanchez is seven for twenty-four with a couple of homers, four doubles, seven RBIs, and Arise is seven for eighteen, eight eight runs scored in his last seven days. Um, thought I, because I knew they were hot, so. Thought I'd see what 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 exactly we were we were up what we were uh, seeing there from those guys, and that's that's been a pretty impressive week uh, for those two, especially. Um, yeah, you know, um, and it was nice to see uh, yesterday. Uh, speaking of Jorge Polanco, you got a really big, really big hit yesterday um, in the comeback win. Um, and, uh, well, he's up right now, if anybody cares, <laughs> um, as we speak the the twins are, it's the bottom of the eighth inning. They have the go ahead run on third and Polanco at the plate tied it for, as we're doing this. Um, it's another thing we can talk about before we get into the week ahead. Um, the roster, you know, it's always a in a constant state of upheaval with the injuries and but the good thing is it's more of a, about guys coming back off the li- injured list this week uh as you alluded to we get Kyle Kyle Garlic and uh Kyle Garlic's back um so that'll be a nice uh right-handed hitter off the bench we got Carlos Correa we've talked about a lot he's back um we got um, Trevor Larnick back this weekend. Um, you know, so it's nice to see that this this starting lineup is starting to get healthy again, and hopefully they they can all get clicking, and then this team can, I think, really be scary. Yes, yeah, the batting's the batters are getting healthy. And then you just have some guys in the in the minors that are going to push, right? Because we talked a lot about Royce Lewis and where we might see him fit onto this team at the major league level. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Alex Kirilov is is having none of being sent down uh, with the way he's hitting in the minors. Uh, the problem would be he can't really hit in the majors, and you well, know at this point you're kind of going, do we do we actually you know flirt with the idea of bringing him up and sending Miranda down? But you're doing it because it's out of lack of production and they're not doing it because somebody's being injured. And that I guess is the bigger point here, right? Is that there's actually some health and we're going to see some consistency with guys. And we're starting to see it obviously more with the, with the main veterans, but we're going to see it. Uh, we're going to see it more now with some of these younger guys that, you know, Larnick and garlic. I'm really curious to see how those two guys, garlic isn't young. He's 30, but I'm, I'm curious to see how garlic and, and Larnick do, uh, with some more consistent playing time now that they're off the aisle. Those will be the two for me, Joe, mm-hmm. as we get into the next week. Those will be the two for me that I'll be like, all right, how are they performing, how are they doing? It seems so far like Garlic's uh, come off the aisle doing uh, pretty well, had a home run, right, in that Sunday game. That was a big yep. deal. Brought the game with a 6-5 to five mark, uh, brought it pretty close for him. Had a home run off a righty, yeah. by the way, as well. Um, so that was a big deal. You know, he's on this roster to face lefties, almost exclusively but yesterday like you said just said he his home run was off a right-handed pitcher um uh, something you don't expect him to to do just because 
he's not going to get most of his at bats against right-handers. As, right. As his role is hitting lefties because there's been a couple of times this week where he uh, he started the game because they were facing lefty. But then as soon as the lefty was out of the game, he was out of the game too. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, they did it with uh, – they brought in uh, a rise, right? Because yeah. Garlic had like one at bat and Baldelli's like, yeah, well, they're done with the lefty. So, uh, see ya, Garlic. You can <laughs> find the bench. Um, bad. <laughs> well, yeah, I did too. I was like, okay, so we're not even going to give him an opportunity. Um, I think maybe, you know, something that's a little bit I, – I don't know if we want to say underreported, but – all managers are having to deal with the injured list and in, in, in the oh, yeah. rotation almost more so than it feels like Baldelli has kept the players in, in confidence and making sure that he's getting guys at bats. And it feels like he's doing a pretty good job of keeping everything rotated around and guys are staying confident within the game. Um, it does help that they're playing the softest part of their schedule right now, but yeah. I, I, there's always the opportunity to, with this many injuries, right, Joe, to be like, okay, so this guy's not playing today and that guy's not playing today, and I don't know if this guy's 100%, and I guess here's the lineup. We're kind of hoping and praying that this works for us, where I think that he's going to these guys and go, hey, look, this is your role. This is your time. You're for us, and they are in large part, and that's why the Twins are nine games above 500. Yeah. Yep. Um, agreed. Um, so you almost – might sound silly to say, but you wonder, like, are they almost too deep of a team because they got all these, they got a lot of quality players and uh, getting them all playing time um, on a consistent basis. It's got to be tough for a manager, um, you know. But but Rocco, he he seems to be doing a great job at it. I think this year. Yeah, I, I think the big, I think the bigger concern might be. You know, the bullpen, we're starting to see like Cody Stasek, you know, he went down. We just saw Winder went down into the IL. Yep, exactly. So how is that? How is he going to manage this bullpen? Like you had said, this Trevor McGill uh, quickly looked him up. He pitched last year for the Cubs, uh, 23 and two thirds innings um, with an 8.37 ERA. So not great. No. um, So we'll see how he does in kind of some spot starts here for you know, the pitching wise, because they just lost Paddock, Tommy John surgery. Yeah, he's done for the year. And yeah. that's, that's tough. I mean, as, as healthy as the batters have been getting, we are still going through some, some issues with the pitching and, and some of the, some of the health there, because really if, if all was right, the twins would have seven starters that they could rely on and go, okay, so who are we going to play? That would be an issue. And now you're going, all right, Bundy, Archer, Gray, Ryan and Ober. and, uh, and Ober mm-hmm. and Winder would be in there. And so would Paddock, but Winder's, you know, out for now and Paddock's out for the season. Yeah. And, you know, Griffin Jacks has done such a good job for him out of the pen. You don't really see him coming in as a starter, which no. I think that's his designation, right? Like that's what he's supposed to be. At least that's the hope yeah. eventually. No, um, no, I mean, I think, did he start games for him last year? I can't. I, I feel like that was kind of the plan eventually, but he just he's too good or he's too valuable for him. Um, I think he yeah, he started end. he started fourteen games last year for him. Okay, but I think he might end up being a long man out of the bullpen. Right, um, him or Devin is... Smeltzer, who's on the forty man still. But like that's, I know you want. I know you had said that it could it be an embarrassment. I would say no, 
or it's not too deep. Maybe positionally, maybe, but even there, you're seeing injuries, and I, I think you can well, never that's... have too many guys, you know. And I know you say it, and you had said, I maybe it's too bad to say. I think where you where you definitely need the depth is pitching, um, yeah. and that'll be something we'll talk about obviously down the road. But they they're going to have to make a trade at the deadline. I, I I just don't see them being able to run. I don't see them being able to win a playoff series with Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan as your one twos, right? Okay. Like they got they, they got to get somebody else because Kent Maeda is not sir is he's not walking through that door, and they got to either find they got to find some kind of frontline starter or you know they got to extend they got to extend the bullpen a little bit more. There, I mean, there's talk that he might that Kenta might be available in September, but you can't rely on a guy given much when he's coming off Tommy John um, himself. No. So even if he does come through that door, as you put it, he, uh, we don't know what to expect. Um, right. You know, cause he might have the velocity, but guys coming off uh, Tommy John, that usually that first year is not, not usually the best. Um, because their control is off a lot. So, but so it would be nice to see him uh, go after uh, another starter to um, maybe revisit the Ricky Montas talks. Yeah. Oh, Frankie Montas, excuse me. Um, that, that had, they'd been talked about all off season because clearly the A's really don't need him. Um, no. They're in full rebuild, so why not use that as a trade chip? Um, it'll just come down to whether another team likes what they, whatever the Twins would offer for that. Um, right. And I'm not sure what. Of course, I'm not sure what the Twins would offer. Maybe, maybe a Nick Gordon at this point, as good as he is. Um, you know, if they're gonna bring up. Royce Lewis and he's going to play all over the diamond that's going to cut into Nick Gordon's playing time right you know um you hate to give up a guy but you have well, to yeah. you're going to make the team better yeah and you know, it's what's <laughs> yeah that again like we said that'll be something we'll probably find out a little bit more direction in when it comes to June or July I just you know yeah. I because of where the A's are at you think it, it it might not be like a MLB caliber guy like Nick Gordon cuz for them, they're kind yeah. of going maybe some projects, right? So maybe some projected dudes, and it, it just—it's all a matter of of what they're willing to go for. And but I think that's the 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 bigger point here is that the Twins are gonna need to find a different, a better starter because you know Winder comes back, then they're back to six. But Chris Archer and Dylan Bundy, like, think of it this way: kind of feel like they're playing with house money with how they've been doing. Exactly. They're going to not get to, they're not going to be where they're at, where they're at now when it comes to the end of the year. I just don't have faith in that. And if you do, I'm sorry. I think you're, I think you're not actually listening or you're not actually watching what's going on. I, uh, to me, you're going to have to go with four guys that you can feel somewhat confident in starting in a playoff series. And Mm -hmm. is that Bailey Ober? I don't know. It's definitely Joe Ryan, right? And it's definitely Sonny Gray. And past that, right? <laughs> then, then there, yeah, there's question marks. Although Bailey over, he when he's pitched, I like what I've seen. 
Right. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I mean, he's going to have to keep it up, of course. Um, right. For me to, exactly. For us to be sold. Yeah. And we got so much more baseball. I mean, they just hit the quarter mark, right? We have so much more yeah. baseball to go, right, Joe? I mean, yep. They just, today's game, what, 42? So, so yeah, they're just a quarter of the way done. So, yeah, we're, we're jumping the gun a little bit, but these are things that they're thinking about. So, um, right. So we, we, it's not a bad thing to, to bring up as well. Um, so before I guess we get into uh, this upcoming week, was there any other things you were thinking about we should talk about? We um, mentioned that uh, Chris Paddock, he's going to miss the rest of the season with the, with his Tommy John surgery that he had to undergo. Yep. Um, which, of course, now people in the media have been lambasting the twins for the for getting him in the uh, in the uh, Taylor Rogers trade, right? Because uh, that, I mean, in the immediate, uh, you know, right now that does make that trade look really bad. But yes, but uh, we got to still look long term. You know, I don't. I mean, it feels a lot worse because he did this. They, he's gonna miss another. You know, he's gonna miss the year now. But and uh, I still well, wouldn't say give up hope that this was a terrible trade. Well, let's think of it like this. And I, I, I think maybe somewhat the jury is out on whether or not it was a terrible trade. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> Let's think of it like this. The Twins felt the biggest need was in the starting rotation. We just yep. got done talking about it. The biggest need is in the starting rotation. Yep. Would you uh, – Emilio Pagan is kind of where you're going. The comparison is at, right? It's Emilio Pagan and Taylor Rogers because Chris Paddock is now – like if you're just to look at it in the silo this year, it's not a, it's not a positive trade for the Twins because right. Taylor Rogers has a .49 ERA – he mm-hmm. leads the league in saves at 16. He's walked three batters and struck out 21 so far this year. Uh, I'm not doing. I'm not helping anybody by reading yeah. the stats of Taylor Rogers and just how dominant right he has here, been. Right. right. Yeah. Yep. But your point is being long term. Chris Paddock does need to have some return in this value. Emilio Pagan is helping out right now, but the bullpen I feel mm-hmm. is fine. That's Joe right. Smith has been outstanding. Tyler Taylor Rogers. Tyler Rogers. Pardon me. Tyler Duffy, get this oh. name right. <laughs> Tyler Duffy has been solid as of late, finding some more opportunities to get back into a groove. Yep. And Duran's that dude, right? Duran is that dude, and he yeah. is that guy that, that he's Taylor Rogers, right? Like he's the guy that you have ultimately replaced Taylor Rogers with. I Most people will so. be like, yeah, like, well, it'd be great to have Taylor Rogers and Duran. It would. You know where they would be at, though? They would still be in the same position as, with starters that they are now. Like, nothing really would have changed. And we would still have felt the same. We would have felt a little bit better about the bullpen. Mm-hmm. But still, in this sense, to me, I think right now, through the first 41 games, the Padres have definitely won on this trade. Okay? Oh, yes. But in the yeah, next yeah. two years, are we going to say long-term they ultimately won on the trade? Only if I, I they th- resign. Only if they resign Taylor, because right. Taylor's a free agent at the end of the year. And That's the biggest reason the Twins did this. And if Paddock, so. 
if Paddock does not come back. Right, if he's not the same or he doesn't, if he can't come back, because this is his second Tommy John surgery in his career already. Right, that's um, tough. Yeah. That's um, tough. I mean, you, you got to understand that the reason they did it made sense, and they felt like they were getting a player with two years of control, and they honestly felt like, and I think there was some signs there, that he was going to be a guy that could consistently start for him 20 games, maybe 21 out of the year. And mm-hmm. he was going to have that, like maybe a four, maybe a 3.5 ERA. And they felt like there's some things they could tweak. And he was a guy that they saw a little bit of Joe Ryan. In. And the injury part just, it sucks. Cause it's not even, it would be one thing if he just wasn't performing, but it's like the guy got injured and that's just the worst. And it would, it, <laughs> It hurts for him, hurts to the Twins. And, yeah, it doesn't look great right now when you're staring at a .49 ERA for Taylor Rogers, but it is what it is, right? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I, you understand both sides, in, you know, in that trade. We definitely understood the Twins weren't confident that they were going to re-sign Taylor and uh, – and, they wanted to get value, and they, in the years that they have these two, that, well, they got three guys and two guys that are on the team right now. Um, you know, with the uh, player, you know, they have them under control for a couple of years, so it made sense. Definitely, it just the way it's begun hasn't worked out. Begun uh, hasn't been bad, but he's been giving us flashbacks to Eddie Gordado. Um, and in his outings were they're a little bit scary. <laughs> right. But hey, you know he what? Gets, he gets the job done most of the time. And he got the job done tonight in what, what? two innings? Four Ks, one hit, twenty eight pitches, like eighteen of them strikes. We'll take That's, that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Take that because now the twins have this opportunity to um Walk possibly pull out a victory, right? Um yeah. the way we stand right now, first and third, nobody out with uh good old Gary Sanchez. Just need a sack fly. Nobody that's his. That's his play. role, man. Huh? He's looking for sack fly. Sack fly Sanchez. That's what they should call him. <laughs> no. Sack fly Sanchez. Uh, no, that, I think I think that was kind of the only thing I wanted to bring up as we kind of look forward to the the rest of this week and what that might look like. Okay, so then this 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 week, so they've got a seven game homestand that they just started tonight. Got three with Detroit. And and then uh, then they play the Royals again this weekend. Um, four games: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, and um, that'll lead into Memorial Day, um, um, when we might talk again, or maybe we'll talk Sunday. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, but uh, um, but then that kind of ends the kind of ends the easy part of the schedule um because uh, well, that that leads us to uh pretty much to to june um where it gets a little tougher although when i looked at it i'm like um it's not as tough as it looked when the season started um i don't yeah know. um yeah except we do have at some point the yankees are coming to call and they're Unfortunately, the hottest team on the planet right now. Right. Maybe by then they won't be. 
Uh, well, <laughs> it won't matter, right? I mean, it's the Yankees and the Twins have a curse against the New York Yankees. So they could be – they could go into this game 0-55 and the Yankees would blow them out in three games, 55-10 to 10 or something like that. It's just – like I've got no faith in it at all being a competitive series. So let's just hope um, that they're entrenched in first enough where it doesn't hurt that bad. Right. Well, and I think that's what these next few games are about. If we just look at the next seven – Yep. From Monday to Monday, it's Detroit, KC, Detroit. And what, they've got 12 against those guys, if I remember right. One, two, three, that's seven, uh, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Because they have five against Detroit, by the way, which is such oh, yeah. a weird schedule because yeah. they play that doubleheader on that two, on the 31st. And the four-game series turned into five because of the doubleheader, yep. Um, yep. You know, you, you got those 12 games. You, know, you go seven and five in those 12 games, that's, that's pretty good, right? Because that's what 12 and 12 and six over the last 18 games against teams at the bottom of your division after they've started out five and one. I, I I think my math sucked there, but in any case, (laughs) I, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, I think what, to your point, like you said, you hope those types of series where it's against, teams that we're not entirely sure if they're playing they're going to play well against you know the good teams unfortunately yeah you make hay when you can right you beat detroit when you can and you um beat kansas city when you can and that's now and you you build up a lead large enough that you gain confidence and you get an opportunity to go into series against new york and going in series against tampa bay and going into series against toronto and you may only win one out of three or you may split a four-game set but that's okay because you've put enough distance between yourself and the rest of the division. Yeah. And uh, as we speak a little in, in podcast update, the twins just walked off the uh, Tigers. Um, Gio Urshela with a little infield hit that scored runner from third. Um, and the twins won five to four to open that series against the Tigers. So now they are four and a half games up on the White Sox, um, who don't play today. Um, and the White Sox, we, we covered who the Twins have this week. The White Sox this week, they have to, they're going to be playing the Red Sox and the Cubs. So a little bit tougher road for them, probably. A little um, bit, although the Cubs aren't playing that well. The Red Sox are playing better, but the Cubs are, I don't know. Somebody said the other day there was only six teams above 500 in each league. Uh, Cubs weren't on that list, neither are the Red Sox. In the American League, I think it's now up to seven, but you know, three of them are in the East. There's two in the Central now. The White Sox are above 500, um, but they're not nearly as close as the Twins because the Twins now go, what, 10 games above 500 with this victory. Yeah, that's that's crazy, isn't it? Um, it is. So, uh, it, so now... Yeah, let's just so Twins improved to twenty six and sixteen, uh, so they're ten games above five hundred. Um, trail, uh, they still that means they have the third best record in the American League. Um, Houston at twenty seven and fifteen, and the Yankees at twenty nine and thirteen um, are ahead of them for best record, um, and then. Tampa Bay is right behind them at 24 and 17. Uh, and then 
Yeah, so Boston is 19 and 22. Um, but they got off to a really bad start. So mm-hmm. they're starting to heat up. So um part of that part of that really bad start was uh a guy that Twins were rumored to be looking to sign and Trevor Story. He he uh had a really bad start to the season. He finally hit his first home run I think just a week ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I don't know, and, is, and was and has taken off since. And I think he was named, if I remember correctly, I think he was named uh, AL Player of the Week this okay. week because of. Um, I have to look it up, but I I read the stats because I was almost I almost traded for him in in baseball. I I do a lot through like fantasy baseball stuff. That's kind of where my mind goes when I see these guys. And sure. I drafted Marcus Simeon this year, and Marcus Simeon has been one of the worst players in all of baseball, regardless of position. Uh-oh. He just got paid, too, man. Yeah, he has um, – I don't think he has a homer yet, unless that's changed. But Trevor Story from May 16th to May 22nd uh, hit 360 with 14 RBI, 6 homers, 10 oh runs. Gosh. Yeah, so dude has had a week. Um and yeah, he's heating up, which doesn't bode well for the White Sox. Although, hey, they showed some stones, man. They showed some stones this week after that whole dust up with Josh Donaldson, who however you want to read into the comment that he made towards Tim Anderson, I think we can all agree that the Twins are better off without having Josh Donaldson on their team and he can be somebody else's problem. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. This uh this uh this Twins team, do you think a lot of this uh, success they're experiencing is, uh, I think it's a lot to do with a culture change in that clubhouse. Um, I think the guys l- all love each other again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put it. I don't. Yeah. You know, I don't know that it was all Josh Donaldson, but I think there's, there's certainly some thought that he was not uh, the greatest teammate. The last couple of years, I don't. I don't think he has a track record of being a guy um, you're inviting to your uh, wedding, right? I <laughs> no. get the impression that the guy is an intense competitor when yeah. he's on. Right, he's one of the best. Um, he's one of the best hitters in the league and can be and driving and runs in for power. Mm-hmm. But it's the garbage like this, like. You know, so so if everybody's aware, he called Tim Anderson Jackie, and he had said it was a reference to a 2019 article in SI, and where Tim called himself Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson called himself the next Jackie Robinson, or saw himself as Jackie Robinson, and yep, yep, that in and of itself, whatever. And I don't really like Tim Anderson that much either. I think he's somewhat thin-skinned, and I think he's brought some of this on himself. Either way, like showboat. Yeah, Donaldson has Donaldson admitted like, yeah, I called him Jackie. I don't think it was a, I don't think it was racist. I don't. What I do think it was, it was an absolute direct shot. Like he was making fun of him for it. It wasn't a, oh, it's a joke between us. No, you were trying to be a jerk and get under his skin. And I think everybody couldn't agree to that context of it. Yeah. And to that point, it's like, why? Like, why is that? No. So why He's are you always- dealing with like why what are you giving great and I know there's other history going on there was a hard tag at third between him and Tim Anderson and there's some other stuff that went on 
right in the games leading up to this series. But even so, like this is what Donaldson on your team has lend itself to is that you've got this guy who culturally can be somewhat poisonous. Now the Yankees are a strong enough team and have gotten off to a hot enough start that some of that stuff can be ignored, right? You can kind of go, okay, whatever Josh Donaldson is what he is. But when you have a team like the twins who played as poorly as they did to begin the season, it's guys like that who become just so much more like annoying (laughs) and harder to deal with. So I think you're right, Joe. I think there there is a definite culture change that has lent itself to the Twins yeah. being more successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think so. Um, and it's hard. It's weird to say that about you know getting rid of a guy who, admittedly, you know he's been an he's a multi-time All Star. You know, getting that you would improve your team by getting rid of him, but it seems to be the case. I mean, he's not the same player he was though. Um, Back no. back in his back then, you know he's often injured um, now nowadays. Um, right. Although I guess this year is an exception. I don't think he's been on the injured list this year. But but you know we know with the last couple of years with the when he was with the Twins, he spent significant time on the injured list as well as he did with his some of his previous teams. Um, because he's got some issues with his legs. Um, and he's just, just with, uh, his personality, he's a, he is the kind of guy who does try to get under the opponent's skin. Right. Uh, I mean, famously he's, uh, he just does that and he has, um, I don't know trying to think of the phrase here but like he doesn't like ignore <laughs> doesn't do well if you to ignore what other people say like uh famously when he was with the uh what was it when he was with the A's he he and the twins almost got into a brawl because uh former the uh, Glenn Perkins struck him out and kind of celebrated it a little bit and uh, Josh didn't like that, so he was walking towards him <laughs> and uh, getting ready. And they had a little shouting match there. Um, but uh, and he's done; he does stuff like that all the time. It seems like, right? You know, um, you know whether you know whether he's instigating it or responding to someone else, right? Um, you know, you know this is the same guy who who did something I've never seen before and since where he, uh, uh, couple, was it, yeah, it was a couple years ago. Now he hit a home run, uh, in an at bat. And as he crossed the plate, got kicked out of the game <laughs> because right. the pri- pitch prior to that, he did not agree with the call and he wouldn't let it go. <laughs> and so the umpire had enough of him talking about it and, I've ne- never seen a guy hit a home run and get kicked out immediately after doing so. It's just like, what in the world, dude? Yeah. When Let you're, again, <laughs> when you're not the AL MVP and hitting 297 with 41 bombs, 123 RBIs, and you're not providing the kind of offense that you're being signed for, right? You become a lot, like your problems become uh, much more annoying, or at least you're, con- you're, you're, pen- you're, 
<laughs> your preference to be an under the skin type of player becomes a lot more annoying. And I think you're seeing it with Josh Donaldson, who so far this year is, uh, you know, he's hitting seven. He's got an OPS of 764 and a slugging four, percentage of 415, which if his career were to end or career, if the year were to end now would be uh, second lowest of his career only to his rookie season when he had a, a 289 uh, or I should say 398 slugging percentage at 687 OPS. Like he's just not the same player he was. Right. And so you're going, okay, what are we getting then? Are we getting a guy who's going to piss off Tim Anderson who, yeah, he may show up, but the guy's got all a ton of talent and showed it uh, in the doubleheader, hitting that three-run homer against the Yankees. Um, like that to me, and maybe I'm more annoyed because as a Twins fan, I've been kind of waiting for the the White Sox to to wake up a little bit. And did Donaldson wake him up? It just it just takes one thing. I think Larusa is like he's not a good manager at this point. He's too old. He just doesn't get kind of anything else that's going on around him. But I think the team as a White Sox as a whole, pretty decent. Uh, they got a lot of talent and it kind of takes one of those instances, right? Where your team bonds together and goes, okay, cool. We're really going to let somebody about like this, get under our skin. No, we're about to, we're about to show up and play really well. Um, that's, that's somewhat of my fear. So if the White Sox go on a tear and win like nine of the next 12 games, uh, I'm going to blame Donaldson uh, for lighting that fire. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, maybe we'll have to make, have some fans make some signs and say, oh, thanks, Josh. Right. <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> Still not helping us out. Come on, man. Right. <laughs> but uh, uh, so, so yeah. So, but so far, uh, or up to now, we can't really complain. Oh, I guess I didn't follow up with what because you had we had talked about Kirloff, or you had mentioned that he's um, he got sent down to AAA. Uh, as part of the roster moves and uh, since then he's been on fire what I think though is while he has gotten a lot of hits he has yet not not showing uh, extra base power yet and I think that's what the twins are wanting to see is is um, him start to show that before maybe thinking about bringing him back up because because um, it's they're going to need that out of him if they can get it. Cause I mean, Luis Arise is already a singles hitter. You know, we, we'd like to see a guy who can hit doubles and, and some home runs. Um, if we're, cause he's a guy who's going to be, uh, split his time between outfield and uh, first base being a left-handed fielder. So right, uh, that's my thoughts on that is that's, if anybody's wondering why he hasn't been called back up yet, it's just because he hasn't, while he's hitting really great, he hasn't shown any power except, I guess, his first day back he hit a home run. But but other than that, he's hit really nothing but singles, sounds like, from what I've, from what I've been hearing. Um, so they're waiting for, for him to, to uh, start hitting uh, extra base hits, and then maybe they'll, they'll look into – how they can fit him back on this team. Well, we'll see. That's good to know. 
that's what I that's what I've been hearing. So, um, but yeah, I think I think we've covered all we can cover for a week, huh? Uh, unless unless you can think of anything else, I think we've got it. Uh, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this, but I'm glad the kids stayed behaved so that they you didn't have to to bow out. Um, yeah, for the most part, they did. For the most part, they did. So we are uh, good to go. I appreciate it. Got a chance to come back on. And yeah, like old times, you and I talking, uh, talking some Twins baseball. Love it. Yeah, just no other people are going to hear it. That's all. That's the only difference. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we'll uh, hopefully we can catch up with you next week as well for the next show. Um, and, uh, Maybe we can get uh, Chris and Sherry to be able to join us as well. Uh, did miss them this week. Um, and uh, we'll just quickly, before we let you go, we'll just uh, shout out that if anybody wants to, uh, they can follow Daniel on Twitter at Gunder Bathgate, um, reference to our hometown, <laughs> uh, the thriving metropolis of Bathgate, North Dakota. Uh He's at Gunder Bathgate on Twitter, um, and he he's active on there. Um, posts a lot of great stuff, especially not always sports stuff. Sometimes he'll he has to talk about the funny things that that a little certain four year old does. <laughs> Entertains me anyway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if she did anything lately that I don't know about, but it, she. Uh, I just like that. Uh, what was the last thing I think you actually I think you put that on your LinkedIn, but that where she's in the her car seat and doesn't doesn't stop talking the whole video you made. Oh yeah, no, she is always talking. <laughs> well, you know, you are her, her dad, so Right. You know. I don't think anybody's surprised if they know you. Uh, no. so but you know, you and your four you got a lot to say. <laughs> Still. But uh hopefully Hopefully that'll be, that'll, that'll do it. So we will let you go and uh, you can follow the show uh, on uh, Twitter at uh, Twins Nation Pod. Um, and if you search Facebook for Twins Nation Podcast, you should come up with our page and uh, you can uh, like and subscribe to the, sh- to the show on any uh, um uh, uh, podcast form that you might use um, and uh, we'd appreciate that and uh, with that I guess we will bid you all adieu and talk to you guys next week sounds good man talk to you later all right bye-bye bye